Welcome to another edition of the Raptors Pod Table Podcast coming to you right after the Raptors 52nd win on the season. They defeated the 76ers in a thriller, 125-121. Carlin Gay alongside Gil McGregor. Uh, gee, a 16-point lead for the 76ers. It looked like they were going to run away with it, and then all of a sudden, the Raptors battle back. Yeah, it was exciting to, to watch. I know you might have some uh, other thoughts about it, but but just but just to, just to see you know kind of the, those reserves kind of come in and make the most of the minutes that they don't usually get. Um, you know, I think there was a point it was about three minutes left. The Raps were down uh, seven points. It looked like it was kind of over. And then Dewan Hernandez hit a shot, and some guys who names you don't normally hear made some plays and made it interesting at the end. And then of course Stanley Johnson. Uh, it was the Stanley Johnson game. Made some plays down the stretch. So um, yeah, you know, I guess that just kind of shows the top to bottom culture that the Raptors have. They were saying it on the ESPN broadcast. The guys were, were live on the sidelines. They, they they didn't just treat it like any other game. You know, right. it obviously had no, no bearing on the stands or anything like that. But um, that game meant a lot to the guys who were in who were in there late. You know what that that game was? That was the game that when when you go out when you go out and you uh, you hit the club, you hit the bar, you stay a little too late, and the lights cut on, and you see who's really there that night that's really trying to get into it. That's the type of game that that was. Like those who were watching that game all the way up until the end are the ones that were really trying to get after the Raptor basketball tonight. Like most most sane people weren't watching that one till the very bitter end, but the ones that did. Had some fun at the end. They saw Stanley Johnson hit the game winner. Stanley, after I called him out, after I basically you know called him trash on this podcast. Uh, yeah, last, yeah, you heard, last he, he must listen. Stan, Stanley <laughs> might have have like liked and subscribed, and so shout out to you, Stanley, because you're probably hearing this too. So, uh, Gil McGregor is shouting you out for for what you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stanley, man, nice game. That's all I gotta say. I'll leave that at that. Uh, what's your big takeaway from the game? Uh, you know, it was only a half of it, but uh, this kind of actually applies to both teams, honestly. We talk a lot about how good of a job Marcus All does on Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid only played one, ha- one half, had a little wrist issue, mm-hmm. uh, but it was one for four or five points. The Raps were sending a double at him pretty hard, really aggressive, forced five turnovers uh, also in the first half. Um, so you look at the prospect for the Sixers moving forward. They play the Celtics. That is their one advantage over Boston. Boston doesn't have a big man that can guard him. But if they're going to send an aggressive double team, then the Sixers really might be in trouble. And I think that that's encouraging for the Raptors just to show that, that Gasol still has it and the defensive schemes that they run, regardless of who's at the helm, uh, they're doing things effectively and, and they affected uh, Embiid for sure today. Yeah, they, they definitely did. Um, you know, Embiid, hopefully he's okay after, you know, getting his wrist kind of uh, tapped up there, um, which leads me to my point. I mean, he, he got fouled on that, that you know, slap down attempt by Marcus Gasol that wasn't called and that really led to him uh, having the wrist ailment for the remainder of the game. But um, the refs lost control of this game early. Like, early. They, they let early. them play, and, and it was like a playoff whistle for the first five minutes of the game, and the game got out of control, and then they tried to get it back in control with the whistle. But they, they had no control over this game at all. That was the worst officiated game that we had seen in the bubble so far for, for the Raptors in seven games. And if they're going to bring that type of effort in the playoffs, boy, uh, we're going to have some some interesting conversations post-game. Yeah, yeah, you know, you saw it. Fred picked up a, a technical foul like less than two minutes into the game. <laughs> and, then, and then Kyle Lowry had one in the second quarter, which is interesting. You talk about the whistle. Like Kyle Lowry had three, had three fouls in the first quarter, and, and he was very clearly – uh, upset in the second quarter but that was something I noticed too uh, the Raptors were struggling to finish around the rim and you could 
credit it to the Sixers length, but really it was just because it was really physical. There's a lot of slapping, a lot of hitting and things like that that was uh, impeding their ability to focus, to, to finish around the rim. Uh, so I think that, that that's definitely something I noticed uh, throughout the first half for sure. Yeah, I don't mind, and I, I don't want to complain, I don't mind that style of game. Like if the refs are going to call it loosely and, and allow the guys to bump a little bit more, we saw, saw a play where, where Embiid, his only bucket, uh, he was bumping real hard with, with Marcus Saul down low. Like, I like that type of physical basketball. But don't start it that way and then all of a sudden start blowing for every little touch foul to try and get control of the game after you already lost it. Like, if you're going to establish that you're going to let them play, let them play all the way. Uh, don't, don't try to, you know, regain back control of the game once you've already lost it. And, or have the communication with the players and say, hey, we're going to let a little more go today. You know, we're, we're going to – you guys are going to have to earn your, your, your stripes at the line. Um, it, but they didn't have that discussion. They just decided to start blowing for every call. And that's the reason why this game probably took longer than it should have. Yeah, 73 free throws in this one. Uh, Come on. That, that's a lot. The, sec- the second to last game of the seeding games, neither team playing for anything. And we saw 73 free throws. So that, that tells a story right there. Also, if you're going to let them play, now is not the time to let them play. Like th- these two teams are on their way to the playoffs. They're just trying to stay healthy. If you allow, you know, body checks pretty much in the first five minutes of a game, it's only going to escalate. I mean, we saw that with Giannis, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yesterday playing with, with the Bucks uh, against the, the Wizards. The Wizards aren't playing for anything, and they were playing physical. Refs were letting it go, and Giannis ends up headbutting uh, Mo Wagner and, you know, gets suspended for one game, but it could have been a lot worse uh, than that. And, and, you know, some of that had to do with, you know, the refs probably allowing a little bit more physicality. It's now is not the time, fellas, to be swallowing your whistles. Wait till next week. We've, we're, we're a couple days away from the playoffs. You can right start doing that. Thing. We're right there. Yeah, it's, it's not the time for that. Uh, my second takeaway was the pacing of the game favored Toronto from the start, even though they were, you know, down as big as they were. Uh, they were down by, as I said off the top, they were down by as many as 16. Um, but it wasn't because they weren't playing great basketball. They were, they were playing good D. Uh, they're, you know, getting shots that they would get within the flow of an offense. They just weren't making them. And on the other end, the Sixers were knocking down shots. Sixers shot over 50% from the field at, in the first half. And then and the Raptors were, I think they were under 40% from the field in the first half. And then it started turning around and you saw, uh, you know, everything start to balance out. And, and that's something that, you know, uh, you know, over the last, I'll say two seasons where you've, if you're a Raptor fan, you, you've been accustomed to seeing, if they're going to bring defense, they're going to find their shots. Uh, they'll be in games more than not uh, because a team will eventually come back down to earth, and we saw that the Sixers did, and, and that's what made the game close later on in the uh, in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, for sure. You know, you talk talk about early in the game the struggles. It's, it's one of those things where you, you look at teams and, and you hear analysts say it often, like they don't they they should still feel comfortable about it. You know, they're down seven points at the end of the first after shooting really poorly and the six are shooting really well. And, and they kind of deviated back to that, that median. And I think it also goes back to uh, kind of playing for something. And the guys weren't just down and out because of uh, a big lead or whatever, or, or a big deficit. Uh, they kind of stuck with it and, and kind of stuck to playing their way. And there were things that they were doing uh, like the double teams and, and uh, defensive schemes and, and shots started falling. Uh, Chris Boucher with another big performance, four blocks career high. Uh, so you look at a lot, a lot of things like that. They just kind of stuck with it. And that's kind of something that's embedded in the DNA of this team. Yeah. Boucher had a, a really nice game. They were loving them. Some Chris Boucher on the, on the uh, ESPN broadcast, Mark Jones and Mark Jackson uh, had the call. 
uh, on national and ESPN. And uh, it was good to see Chris Boucher kind of shine there. And that brings us up to, you know, another, another, you know, kind of point where, you know, Boucher probably won't feature in, in a ton of playoff minutes due to the rotation being a little tighter. Um, but he shows you that he's going to stay ready. And when he gets his opportunity, he's going to show up and in Nick nurse, who got a different view uh, today. We didn't even get to mention that. Adrian Griffin undefeated in the bubble. It's not only the Phoenix Suns out here undefeated in the bubble. Adrian Griffin's undefeated. Yo, they're, they're handing out the bubble MVP, uh, the bubble first team, second team, coach of the year bubble. Hey, if Adrian Griffin could get that out of Stan Johnson, he's got to be the coach of the year. I mean, you gotta you gotta give him some credit for coach that. Of the bubble, know, he, my bad. He, coach of the bubble, because you, you know you mentioned that he was the one that drew up the play to put it in Stanley Come Johnson's on, hands for that last play. That, Who and that, but that, Adrian Griffin? You know, you know, gotta give him gotta give him a lot of credit for that, and I hope that some teams are watching who are going to have some coaching vacancies uh, down the line because there are some teams that could use a coach like that. They could put confidence in some young guys who haven't necessarily uh, lived up to the hype so far. So uh, I think he did a, a great job actually literally showcasing what he can be like as a head coach. And I fully expect him to be a head coach in the next two or three years, if not sooner. Yeah, one of those teams the Raptors will see in the first round if Jock Vaughn doesn't make it past this uh, interim stage. They might be looking for a coach. Maybe Adrian Griffin ends up there, which brings me to this. NBA.com, your home for the Raptors playoff coverage. The playoffs start on the 17th of August. That's Monday, folks. Less than a week away. Real games happening. The Raptors, we already know, will take on the Brooklyn Nets. We don't know when, but we know they'll be taking on the Brooklyn Nets in the bubble in the first round. Uh, a Brooklyn Net team, that is going to be scrappy, going to be difficult to beat. The Raptors should beat them, if we're being honest. Uh, all the coverage will be on NBA.com. Gil, you and Scott will have, Scott Rafferty will have a Raptors Pop Table podcast preview for the playoff series between the Nets and Raptors. So look out for that. That's coming up soon, but also keep it locked to NBA.com for all of your coverage there. Um, man, Stanley. Let's let's get to Stan. We 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 touched on him. We had the big game. Uh, that that lineup that closed the game with Stanley Johnson on the floor. Stanley Johnson, Malcolm Miller, Paul uh, Paul Watson, uh, Dewan Hernandez, and Matt Thomas. In two minutes, they scored eleven points. Only missed the one shot from the field. That was a layup at the end by Hernandez. That was cleaned up by Stan. Um, and they won the game in the clutch. Two minutes, eleven points. They got it done in the clutch. Man, a plus five for them, plus minus five for them. You know, is this is this the new closing lineup for the Raps? I mean, you got it. You got to think about it. I, th these guys are used to situations like this, right? Because I'm sure that the most of the majority of the time they get stuff in 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 uh, in practice is is like situations like this. Oh, you're down five, you're down three. Like, get a right. game winner. So, I mean, if if the the proof is in the pudding, you saw what these guys could do in the clutch situation. Their clutch numbers are probably ridiculous in the advanced <laughs> stats now. So, uh, Nick Nurse, if you're listening. Dewan Hernandez on the floor <laughs> late game uh, is a, it's a good look. It's <laughs> someone who's blowing layups right at like right at the tip. Uh, by the <laughs> way, Dewan Hernandez tonight. You want to talk about advanced numbers in four minutes? Uh, net rating of one hundred seven point three. Stan Johnson in his eight minutes of play net rating of forty seven. Malcolm Miller <laughs> Miller in his ten minutes of play net rating of thirty nine point eight. Numbers don't lie, folks. They do not lie. You. They don't lie. Yeah, they get those guys lie. off the yeah, – come on, let those guys play. We, we, we don't need to see no more Terrence Davis. We don't need to see any more Surge. Come on, get these guys in there. Get them some minutes. Um, I get a feeling we'll see a lot of them uh, against the Nuggets uh, Friday, for sure. So oh, you, you, you'll, you'll, get, you'll, you'll have your wish will be granted. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see a ton <laughs> of them against the Nuggets. Uh, maybe too much of them against the Nuggets. 
another guy that's uh, some CanCon here. Another guy that got off the bench that uh, got some burn. Mario Shayok, Ottawa's own Mario Shayok, uh, St. Pat's own Mario Shayok. He uh, who has been playing well in the G League. He's called up. He's here in the bubble with the extended roster. Close to ten minutes in this one. Uh, he had a nice steal and the finish. I wanted him to throw that down. He laid it up softly. Come on, Mario. You can't do that. You got to rip the rim off there. Uh, but three points, not, not much to really talk about. But the fact that he was on the floor getting some, some minutes there at the end is, uh, is, is good for him. Um, he's a guy that I think and, – and this is a Sixer team that needs shooting, and he's a guy that could provide it. Last year uh, when, he, when he was in Charlotte for his workout, I was there. And the media is allowed to go into the workouts, the draft workouts, when you know players, prospects come into cities, and um, the media is allowed to go in and see probably the last half of the workout, or maybe the last quarter of the workout. And it's always shooting stuff. You never get to see them do anything else but shooting. And he was knocking down shots left and right. And and uh, I went to one of the coaches and one of the scouts that were there for the Hornets and and asked, had he been shooting like that the entire day? And they said, man. He had been, he was shooting the shit out of the ball. Uh, it was their words. And uh, so, I, you know, I thought that he could end up in Charlotte, uh, a team where, you know, they're all about trying to develop talent right now. Um, that's the way they're going to try and build it. They know they're not a free agent destination. They're trying to draft, stash, and develop. And he's a guy that can develop into a nice 3 and D player long. Um, but he could, he could flat out shoot. And he, he had a good season in the, in the, D, in the G League, rather. Um, and it was nice to see him on the floor today. Yeah, you know, you kind of mentioned that to me. I remember you, that when you when you came back and talked about how well he shot the ball at that workout, and he had been on my radar, obviously, as, as a Canadian guy in the draft, and to see him last summer league and see some of his G League highlights, the first thing that came to my mind, and you kind of touched on it, is this is exactly what this Philadelphia 76ers team needs. Who knows how they're going to be uh, composed in, in the coming years? Are they going to make a move uh, with one of their two all-stars? But one thing we talk about is they need some more shooting on the perimeter. And he checks a box that, that, they, that they need for sure moving forward. And for him to be a two-way guy, to be invited to the bubble, be on the active roster and everything there, I think that says a lot about what they think about him now and in the future. And, and we showed flashes of it as far as being able to make a play defensively and, you know, look like he was missing a little bit of, of bounce on that uh on that on that finish around the rim but um I do think that, that he's going to be the next Canadian guy uh that's already in the league that we're going to be talking about more uh than than we have this past year yeah he's 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 like uh what Lou Dort was able to do for you know the Thunder I, I could see Mario's setting into a situation like that for the Sixers you know come in if, he, if he's willing to just do the dirty work come in and uh we know he could shoot but if he's willing to humble himself and do a little bit of dirty work, he, he can do that. And he, I mean, he's proven that he could he, he do that in college. He played three years at Virginia where that's where, what he was. He was a piece to a, a larger puzzle. And, uh, you know, coming from high school where he was a big-time scorer uh, in Ottawa, moved to the States. He, he, played, uh, he played in New Jersey, prepped in New Jersey. Um, and then, you know, he was a big-time scorer there. Uh, you know, he was at the, uh, he was sp- spent time at the, uh, the Jordan brand classic that weekend because w- it was in Brooklyn. They had the all-star, the local all-star game. He was there for that. Um, and goes to Virginia, becomes a piece. And then, you know, final season in Iowa. And again, another scoring, scoring situation where he was the guy to go to play of the year in the conference. Uh, and now he's back down the totem pole. So he, he has the ability to be a piece to a puzzle, and I, I, I want to see him kind of succeed. I'm, I'm shocked that the Sixers haven't given him more opportunity to show himself, um, you know, on, on the big squad. But uh, they have one more game left. They play the Rockets on Friday. 
in the very last game of the bubble. So maybe we might see a little bit more of uh, Mary Shock there. Maybe you might earn some minutes uh, in the postseason there. Um, speaking of, you know, next games, the next game for the Raptors is going to be the last one for the Raptors. Major thing is, you know, at the top of the, uh, the whiteboard in the locker room, stay healthy. I, I don't anticipate to see a lot of minutes being played by the regular rotation guys. So that means more of the Chris Boucher's and, the, you know, the Terrence Davis's and the Matt Thomas's. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson had a – oh, man, Rondé had a nice little crossover mm-hmm. and, yeah. and finished yeah. it through. He had a nice little crossover. And he hit, he hit a three, too. He did. This game three. had everything. He had a three. <laughs> he hit a three. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but it, it went it, down. It, it hit, yeah, you know, shooter's touch, right? It went down. When St- I think Stanley gave him that look because he, Stanley swung, swung it to him. And I was like, what are you doing? Why, why, why would you pass up your shot for, to, to give it to, to Rondé? But Rondé knocked it down. Shut me up. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, Malcolm Miller's and the Paul Watson's, Dewan Hernandez, who, man, Dewan, you got to finish those baskets inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got to finish those baskets inside. Um, but it, we'll see a lot of them against Denver Nuggets. And likewise, on the other end for the Nuggets, you'll get, you'll get your fix of Bo Bo uh, yeah. and, and the yeah. like. So um, what, 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 do we, what should we uh, look for in that game specifically coming up on Friday? On, yeah, Friday. You know, you know, you mentioned those names and those guys who aren't necessarily, you know, in the top seven of the rotation. But I do think it's important. You know, Boucher is not a guy we need to worry about. And, and Matt Thomas, even to a certain extent, even though we kind of came back down to earth a little bit today. But I think it's big for those guys to go into the postseason with their confidence at a certain level. Because who knows, you know, who could get in foul trouble in game one or game two of a series. And, you know, Boucher needs to come in and play some spot minutes or Matt Thomas needs to come in and, and, and the team needs some three point shooting or Rondé needs to come in and make a play here or there. I think that, um, you know, those are game reps and you can't replicate those game reps. And I think if those guys get something out of it and, you know, I, there's no doubt in my mind they'll be ready when they're called upon. But I think it definitely helps to go in and be able to make plays in a game that actually counts towards a record uh, right before the postseason, because if you get called on, you're ready. Yeah, it, they, they definitely, uh, they definitely was salivating about this. It was, it was fun, man. Watching the last couple minutes of the game, the, the, the fourth quarter dragged. Don't get me wrong. You yeah. know how I get down. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and, and BS the fourth quarter dragged, but the last couple of minutes, seeing both teams in Iraq, the way they were, you know, with the benches going at it, that was fun. Um, yeah. You know, it was yeah. good to see. It was good to see that it finished in regulation, by the way. Because yeah. if, yes. if if it was an overtime, we wouldn't would have been fun right anymore. Now. That would that, the fun would be. Yeah, the fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be doing this right now at all. Uh, so they're back at it on Friday in another uh, another game in the bubble. This one is going to have even more of a preseason feel. Goes down at one thirty Eastern time. Early Ooh. tip, beautiful. I uh, love that. 1.30 Eastern time. It's on TSN and also the Fan 590. I know it's called Sportsnet Radio or the Fan or whatever it's called now, but I'm an old school guy. Fan 590. Don't know what, what TSN is going to be on, but I'm assuming 1 through 1, 4, and 5, I'm assuming. Uh, it won't be on 2. But, uh, yeah, 1.30, it goes down. And uh, we'll be back on the end of that game to wrap up the entire bubble experience. Uh, with a pod, a bubble pod. Eight games will be in the books by that time. Hopefully, again, knock on wood, Gil, no injuries. Um, stay, healthy. Stay, healthy. stay healthy. Drink your milk, all that stuff. A lot of bowl bowl. We'll be able to discuss him. Maybe Adrian Griffin could, you know, try and uh, put his undefeated streak on the line in that one. Let Nick Nurse relax a little bit more. Uh, or, or maybe Nick Nurse should hand the buck off and, and, you know, give someone else an opportunity to coach. You know, that, that's, that's, that was a great – honestly, Nick doesn't get enough credit for, for the little things that he does to keep this team together. Um, you know, he, he was on the uh, ESPN broadcast 
for a lengthy amount of time just talking about this team and where they're at. You talked a lot about, uh, you know, how this team has gotten closer, even closer than ever before in this bubble situation because they're talking more about, you know, less about basketball stuff, more about family because everybody's missing their families right now. So they're hearing family stories and they're, and they're becoming closer in that way. And you think that, you know, Nick has only been there. He's only been the, well, he's been there for a while, but he's only been the head coach since around this time last year, right? Like he just, yeah, he yeah. just got the job. He's been there once his second season now. Um, but, you know, getting to know players off of the court should help this team, uh, you know, in tougher situations. Cause you know, when your back's against the wall, you go to people that you can trust and, that's what this team has, and they're going to need that to get past this uh, this tough gauntlet that's going to be ahead of them. Minus Brooklyn, Brooklyn's going to be a layup. But once we get past Brooklyn, uh, what's you know what? For every single first round series, it's going to be a layup for for the teams <laughs> yeah, we expect the favorites, to win. Yeah, yeah. Um, once we get past that, it, it's it's on and it's on. You know, it's uh, you know Boston's going to be waiting right there for the Raptors. On Milwaukee's case, the the, the Miami Heat should be waiting right there for them. And that's a tough foursome. I think any of those four can make the finals. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talk about the, the parity, and I think the, the way uh, things are kind of have shaken out. You talk about the way that the the Heat kind of match up with the Bucks if they were to meet, um, and then the the Celtics and, and the Raptors have kind of had each other's number depending on the you night. You ain't so, got to say if they're going to meet between the Heat and the Bucks. It's, <laughs> it's, it's it's over. See, when, when when they meet, yeah, uh, I think yeah, we, yeah I think you know you look. The Bucks aren't missing that, and then and then Miami has has been getting given a layup now with you know TJ potentially missing TJ Warren potentially missing some games with the same injury that Demonis Sabonis is not even in the bubble with. So, um, and you know, like I say, Malcolm Brogdon is is Augusta win away from missing a couple of games. So <laughs> yes, that's, that's yeah, a fragile yeah. team. Yes, this is a foundational year for the Pacers. I think that they, their fans should be excited moving forward because they were already injury plagued. They, Jeremy Lamb was was a big part of what they did, and he. Torres ACL against the Raptors early in the year. It's a bonus out for the like you know I don't I, I think that they have definitely overachieved in a good way. Uh, Nate McMillan gets the extension, so they're a team that you know you mentioned them you know contending for essential vision crown. I think that's, uh, <laughs> that down the line, maybe a year or two from now, uh, they have a lot to be excited about uh, moving forward. It just might not be in the cards. I think Miami just defensively, we saw it re- recently. They, they yeah, just kind of keyed in. They, they 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 keyed in on TJ as a superstar and kind of made him a non-factor because of the respect they gave him defensively. So uh, I see it. I see it for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, but going back to what we said, like the, the, you know, it's going to be a layup for the Raptors. We all predicted five max. Uh, I think the Nets might get hot from three point range yeah. in, you know, in the series and, and get one. Um, and the Raptors are prone to always give up one game that they shouldn't give up in a playoff series that normally happens. So yeah, history plus the Nets being better than I think people expect them to be. I don't think a lot of Raptor fans are taking this team seriously, and I'm not, you know, obviously they're not going to uh, push the Raptors in any way, shape, or form, but they're going to come to play. And, you know, a team that can come to play can always get hot from the field. And with the weird situation that we're in, I I think they get one. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that's that's my my take on the the series. I know you guys are going to do the pod on it. I'll be listening to to that when, when it does drop um you know later on this week i do want to ask you before we get out of here tomorrow's a big day for the western conference they don't know what the heck's going on in the western conference as yet all we know is that the lakers are locked into the number one seed they'll be playing whoever makes it in out of the playing tournament everyone expects it to be portland trailblazers not so fast though right like it, there's still work to be done 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, well, Portland needs to win. I think they they want to be that eight seat, so they take care of their own business. They have held themselves in control their own destiny. But if they they somehow lose to the Brooklyn team, who can get hot, then things are kind of up in the air a little bit. Uh, obviously, Dame Lillard is is on another planet right now, so it makes sense that people are going with Portland. Um, it's just tough, you know. You talk about the other teams that are in the picture. Memphis dealing with injuries and could fall the way out of, all the way out of it after going into the bubble with a huge cushion. Uh, San Antonio, you know, Pop says we're going to develop young guys and they're still competing. And Demar Derozan's playing excellent. But I really want to see Phoenix Phoenix make it, man. You got you got you got to get rewarded for for going potentially going eight and zero when everybody counted you out. A lot of things have to go in their favor for them to go. But you know, Monty Williams has done a great job changing the culture. Uh, within that team and Devin Booker is really trying to make that leap from being star to all-star to superstar. Um, so, you know, I, hopefully, ideally, I see Portland and, and Phoenix because they've had two guys who have been playing out of their minds. C.D. Book and, and Dame kind of fight for that last playoff spot would be really fun. That would be fun. Um, and if if I'm a Phoenix fan, I want to, them to get it to the playoff, to play in game. I want them to lose the playing game and miss the playoffs so they get a get better lottery draft pick. pick. Yeah, they get to get in the lottery. Um, you know, they're they're not ready yet. And there's no point in them getting smacked around by the Lakers in yeah. four games. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is not their time. But uh I, I have a newfound respect for for Devin Booker. I still think he's a little bit of a crybaby, but uh his game, you can't deny that. And he's, yeah. you know, at twenty-three, still one of the youngest superstars that or potential superstars that we have in the league right now. And this experience that he's going through right now should carry him forward. He, he's taking that next step now, and he has to stay yeah. on that step, um, yeah. you know, going forward. So, you know, I do hope it's uh, Phoenix in, in, in Portland on Saturday uh, in, in the playing game. Sucks for San Antonio, though, man. They, their streak is going to come to an end. And even if they win uh, and, you know, put themselves in a position to, you know, hope for one of the other teams to lose and drop out, they're only going to be like a percentage point or a 50 percentage point out of it. And that's only because they played three less games than those other guys. Yeah, like the tough. pandemic really screwed them over. They should have, the NBA should have came up with a better uh, scenario for that to, to really close out there. Yeah, that was tough. That was something I didn't even necessarily realize until uh, the Pelicans fan had brought it up to me a while ago, and they just whatever that they did their thing what they respected. But the Blazers <laughs> had played two more games than the Pelicans, and they're like, "Oh, what if we're tied with the da 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 da?" Well, they didn't have to worry about that. But uh, that was something that that's just kind of hard to take in, take into account, and maybe you know it's, it's impossible to be you know to kind of stagger the games or something like that. But it makes it so tough. I I don't think that the league could have predicted the things being this close. Um, but you always got to, you know, take into account that these type of things happen. So who knows? They should have let them play a, a, a play into the plane or something. That feels robbery. You know, yeah. your streak's coming to an end because you just didn't play enough games. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's a scheduling uh, faux pas that wouldn't have happened had things been regular circumstance. But We'll put an asterisk beside their streak ending because of that and because of the shortened season. Yeah, yeah, we should absolutely do that. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's end it here. We uh, again keep it locked. NBA.com, your home for Raptors news, and also finding out what happens in the Western Conference. We will have playoff previews on each and every single series in the bubble, the playoffs. Man, I can't wait. Next week, Monday, the seventeenth, it all goes down. We're finally here, G. It, it didn't oh, feel like we get here. So, yeah, I know, I know, but we're here now. So you know, this the, the intensity gets ramped up, and uh, it, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, and we ain't got to watch Stanley Johnson ball no more. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stanley. For Kill McGregor, I'm Carla Gay. We will see you next time right here on the Raptors Pod Table Podcast.